You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm a staff at anycornrose.com. And joining me on the other line for our weekly show is Mr. Tony East. Tony, I really don't know where to start on this podcast. I was going to make fun of Miles Turner for having probably just an awful game against Philadelphia. But uh, where do you want to start this podcast? You know, I'm going to talk about that. Someone just replied to him. I did grades. I gave Miles a D plus. He was not very good. Um, he was okay on D for the minutes he was in. That's why he got a D plus, but he wasn't good on D. And someone replied and said, how can you give Miles a D when he was in foul troubles and never able to get a rhythm? That's why he got a D, because <laughs> he was in foul trouble and never got a rhythm. And I think actually that's a good way to start with talking about this. Wait, no, can I say one more thing? Yes, you can. <laughs> you told me we were going to do a Miles Turner intro, and I said, if he ever has a big block in my head, I said, if he has a big block game again, we should call it the Blocked On Pacers podcast. That's so lame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Um, yeah, that's fair. It's weird. We're all screwed up because of daylight savings time. So I think the Pacers, so I think the biggest thing in this game that would say that they lost this game was the issues with the with fouling in terms of both sides. One, they missed 15 free throws. Oh, my gosh. And on the other side, it seemed like after, what, the first quarter, almost, what, Bogan had two fouls. Did Sabonis have two in the first quarter? And so did Tony. had two in the first. Miles had two in the first. Sabonis, yeah, because Oquin played the end of the first. Right, did he have? I couldn't remember at first or like right at the end of the second. But 27 fouls. And so it was interesting because um, I think on the ESPN broadcast, they said if you count all the depot, literally the team's top four scorers all are in foul trouble. Oh, yeah. And so like, and it wasn't really a problem in the first half, but I feel like you it, it you saw it in the second half because of, I mean, whether you want to call it out of rhythm or whatever it was or having to play because – Miles continued to be in foul trouble, and so did Sabonis. You had to play those those bench guys even more minutes. Like you had O'Quinn who played, and only played eight, but that's a lot for Kyle O'Quinn to be playing in a game against a really good NBA team because he's not really in, should be in rotation. So you just you just felt it, and that's probably ultimately led to their sort of like demise second half. Yeah, they couldn't make anything, and some of that's credit to Phillies D. But like at the end of the, this is the end of the first quarter, so this isn't really in the relevant portion that we're talking about where they struggled. But their lineup was. I think it was Holiday, Joseph, McDermott, Leaf, and O'Quinn. It's like, how are you creating shots with that lineup? And then, you know, you have the whole game where you're mixing and matching guys just because of foul trouble. And the, the consistent guys, you know, Collison, Matthews, uh, I guess, and Joseph were the only ones. They couldn't get anything going. Uh, they shot 24 shots and made eight of them. That's not going to cut it. Um, so your only consistency wasn't good, and everybody else had to be mixed and matched so much that it just they could not get any rhythm at all. Well, I think that is where the problem with this team lies sometimes that it feels like, especially in games against really good teams, like big games, like ESPN featured games or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> when they play a really good team, they are always able to sustain this high level for a quarter or two. But then when you get to that third quarter, it, it seems like they always screw up that lineup. And then all of a sudden it ends up, they had a drought and they end up losing by tonight with 17, which is just a bad game because this team, what they had a, I want to say they had an eight point halftime lead, seven point halftime eight, lead. Yeah, eight. And then all of a sudden, yeah, they were up 14 in the second quarter. Yeah. So, like, and they, to lose by 17, I mean, that's a 25 point swing over 24 minutes. 32, I mean, 32 point swing. Oh, you take the, I'm thinking the halftime lead to the second half score. Okay. okay. And the game score. I mean, just from, from halftime on. From biggest lead to biggest lead, 32 point swing in 20 minutes of basketball. Well, and I think you hit it right with the lineup was ridiculous. I mean, I just, and I is it is it coaching? Is this why they 
The fouls are a big part of it, but I mean, like, what was the answer? What do they do instead? Well, How I mean, can they go consistent and not lose their best players to fouls. I mean, yeah, I think you almost have to roll the dice with the guy with, the, and they kind of started to do that eventually. But you got to roll dice with a bunch of four fouls when he's got him out there, and they did a little bit, yeah. or you got to roll dice with Turner with four fouls because like, they went with Turner in the third quarter. Yeah, but only for a couple minutes stretch, right? Didn't they pull him? I want to say I don't remember exactly what they did. I'm pretty sure it was a short minute stretch he was in there. It wasn't very long because they were going to go with Sabonis and then they switched it up. But I, I mean, I think ultimately too the the real problem here is when you start getting down to their like ninth, tenth guy. So you're talking about Leaf and Quinn. It's just such a drop off from everybody else. I mean, even McDermott, who I wouldn't say it's fantastic, he there's a confidence. Yeah, and there's a confidence level he brings to the floor with spacing, ability to move. Like he just it's it just there's a confidence there that neither Leaf. Or, and O'Quinn, like Quinn is really just sitting inside the three-point line almost the entire time he's out on the court, yeah. clogging up the entire lane. And Leaf, I mean, Leaf has has not a ton of uh, he blocked, positives. He blocked and beat. That was cool. Yeah, congrats. He blocked and beat. I mean, even Holiday tonight actually was more impressive. I mean, I felt like Holiday, a couple of times I felt like he clogged the lane on Joseph. That's why Joseph had a lot of those long dribble drives that ended up in these weird layups. Sometimes they went in one time. I think in the first half they went in. But it seemed like Holiday at least was in a better position most of the game than either of those guys. And I don't know what the answer is, though. Compared to expectations in this game, I I would argue McDermott, Holiday, and O'Quinn had the best games, and they barely played. You know, the thing is, is O'Quinn is O'Quinn is like it's the Alex Jefferson thing in mind, where yeah, out there he had six points, congrats, but it feels like he is such a negative on defense and space oh, that it's screwed everything else up. I think he's okay on D. So like, did you? Thing is bad. I agree. Did you watch the play on Embiid where he just put his hands up and beat Blue Byron? So, well, he got a foul call on the play before for doing the same thing. He was yeah. like, all right, I'm just no, going to do this. <laughs> I, I understand why he did. I'm just saying. He I was mean, making a play. It was funny. And then Miles Turner reacted on the bench. I thought that was a funny sequence. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think that O'Quinn, I mean, it, it's just that the spacing out there and the way he throws out the rhythm to everybody else, it's fine when he puts up six points, but it's not really anything that help. It's not a helpful six points. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I don't think you can say they're not helpful, but they're like, yes, I see what you're saying. They're they're sort of like net, I want to say maybe net neutral points where it's like, yeah, you scored them, but you also clogged up the entire everybody else. So you're kind of throwing off the flow for this yeah, game. Yeah, he's hitting these 20 footers, but it's like, does that really help when it's a negative the rest of the possessions? Yeah. Well, I exactly. And he, he really is clogging the lane. I mean, you look at it, he's standing oh, yeah. at about the top of the key under three point line, and that is screwing up everything for the guards. Right. And so, I mean, I think, I mean, right, the, the only. The big takeaway from this game probably is, is that Holiday played fine and he should be playing more minutes, right? That's probably the oh, biggest yeah. thing we can let we learn from this game. I mean, everything else was sort of like they were bad here because of fouls and this and that, but like it seems like it's time to say no to Tyreek Evans. I yeah, all season like and Tyreek's a better defender than Holiday even now, but I just like okay, are we switching segments? Can I go to Tyreek stats now? Is that allowed? Are we yeah, yeah you can switch over? it there. So yeah. I already I, I I put this in my grades. Uh, he's six of thirty-one in their last five games that he's played in. Uh, that's terrible. That is just awful. And in the games before that, one you know he played good against the Pelicans. Their first game at the All Star break, I was like, sweet, maybe we'll get this kid. And he shot under fifty percent. Oh no, sorry, he shot uh, four for seven against the Hornets. He shot under fifty percent every other game from when he returned from injury up to the All Star break. So he just cannot put the ball in the basket, and that's literally the only thing they need him to do, and he can't do it. I know his defense is okay, but I, the difference in him and Holiday now is, is is so small that I'm finally I'm finally ready. I'm ready to play Holiday over him. Well, and so if that's in the two reasons to think about it. So one is that the Pacers um, are probably going to be the five seed no matter who plays in that spot. So it doesn't really matter who you play. Right? They're not going to be the six seed. They've got enough right. games up on the pitch. It doesn't matter. And, they're, and it, it wouldn't matter if you played Tyreek, 
The only player you could play in that spot who would get them not to be the five would be a Victor Oladipo. Besides at that <laughs> point, there's nobody else worth it. doesn't matter. And then you got the point of Tyreek isn't coming back next year, I would guess. I mean, it would be a shocker if he did. And so what is the point in playing him when you know Holiday is going to be on your roster next year is probably going to play a significant role in your team next year. And so all of that is like just play Holiday, take the five seed, get him some extra minutes, let him build on that, let him play some playoff minutes, and you can maybe – get him kind of rolling towards next season, which is what really matters in the long run of this team. Yeah. That like the difference between the tiny amount of development he would get and the play of Tyreek and holiday was so not worth it to me until now what it's, it's like, but how I, I think it's not that tiny of development. I think playing, if you get to play 20 oh, games at 15 days. minutes is a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, he played, uh, I don't put eight tonight, but if you get him up to like 12 to 15 for 20 games, that's a big deal. That's, I mean, I, it's fine. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I I I think Frank Milikina is getting that time, and he's done very little development. Speaking yeah, of Frank, we'll Frank, see him uh, in two days. But Frank Milikina, yeah, Frank. I can't pronounce that name, but it's uh, hard. It's French, hard. French, French, French Frank, whatever his name is, is is uh playing with a significantly worse team and guys who can't mentor him on the court the way Tyreek is playing with like a player like Corey Joseph. It's a bonus who are going to constantly be telling him where to be and what to do, and in a way that like can accelerate his development. He's on the court with them. I think, I, you, I think you have to. Like, are we gotta, calling bonus a veteran now? Is that a thing? Well, I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> veteran may have the word, but a guy who will help out, kind of coaching at least. It seems like most will tell guys where they're supposed to be and stuff like that. I mean, veteran probably isn't the right because it's only what his third season, but he feels like a kind of guy who like is in the right spots and with Kojo, and they're kind of just good NBA players. Who, when you're around good NBA players, it helps you develop well. Also, when you're on the court with them at the same time. Oh yeah, duh. I think Frank would be farther developed if he played with good NBA players too. Yeah, and so it, it's it's also why I mean. I've been on this train, you know, since like game 40 or give or take of like, just stop playing Tyreek. It's not worth it because it's not. I'm, I'm finally on the train. I know it took you. 20 it finally games. got to my station. It took you 25 games. And then you you slowly got me on the uh, TL Leaf station and then I hopped right off this week. <laughs> but, uh, I did it. I got more than one person on the train. That's all that matters. But I mean, I mean, I even, this week though, so, I mean uh, even if Holiday, I mean, what his last, so the last three games he played, he's not shot fantastic. I think him just being on the court is good. Shot. This game he shot well to me. Oh, though. I'm looking at the three without this game on. Right, right. If it's not on there yet, yeah. And so, I don't know. I think it's just worth, it's just worth playing him ultimately, just because it gives you a 20 game head start on trying to build from next season. Yeah, if he doesn't get the green light, if he if he stops just firing away, I'll be much happier too. Because that's my biggest beef with him is like he's not hitting shots and he just gets in the game and like is chucking. And I'm like, oh. man, you're a rookie. Like, why do you think you can do this? All right, so this is going to be a terrible example, but how many games did it take Trey Young to chuck up shots before he started hitting all the Hawks will want him to do that. <laughs> no, no, I know, but it's, it's kind of the same concept. We're like, no, you, it's not. Well, the sense is that the court in college is smaller, right? It's a smaller three point line. You're playing at smaller the Hawks, dudes. The Hawks want Trey Young to ultimately be a guy who shoots that much in a game. The Pacers do not want Holiday to be chucking 12 shots. Well, right no, now. but he's sort of trying to figure out where he has to be on the court to make his three point shot and stuff like that. And those are things he has to learn about being on the court because he's playing against taller guys. He's playing against uh, a different court size. You know how Trey Young started to get better? He started to shoot less. Well, did he? I mean, he's <laughs> remember he, for like a month of January, his three point attempts went all right. like half, and his percentage so, went up. I, you might be right. I'm gonna look up from <laughs> now, from January one until now, he's taking 16.2 shots a game and scoring 21 points. That's pretty good. Yeah, 42, unbelievable. So let's do now before the new year. How many shots was he taking? Do the threes. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, no, that's fine. I'll go. Um, let's do before the new year threes. He was taking 14 shots per game, including five from three. So he's actually taking more shots right now. Now you might be right, taking less threes which could be a huge and that could help 
shot selection. Shot that's me. What that's, that's what I want. Don't chuck. Take good shots. I'll be happy. I think though he's just if you miss good shots. I don't care. That's I think, fine. I think that he's letting happens. him work through it. Uh, no, he's up a point one point one threes per game. Wow. Over the last two three months, now three months. I thought it was hard. like from I don't remember when when his percentage like actually started to climb. So. Temps were down for a while. You might be right, but so from I just did from January second to today, six point six six point six attempts in three point land, every twenty one point five points from the start yeah. to December thirty first, it was five point one. Future star, I'm a big Trayon guy. Yeah, and I I do think there is some. I understand in the sense of like it not helping the team win right now, but first of all, that doesn't really matter anymore because this team is not going anywhere in terms of this season, and so him just developing where he needs to be on the court, like how, you know, do you have to be at 25 or 24 to get his three-point shot off and over again? Because he's a shorter shorter player and stuff like that. It's just developing that, and the only way you develop that is by being on the court. I think yeah, sitting on the bench. You never, you never shoot know. threes in practice, ever. No, but you're not you're not <laughs> playing in the flow of a game, and you're not playing against a team like the Sixers who have six guys over five, over six, oh, six, I, basically. I, out there. Yeah, it doesn't – I don't think it matters as much as we make it out to be, but it's not nothing. I think it – I'm a big proponent that, like, playing – makes young guys better to an extent. Yeah. You put them in a situation to fail. It doesn't matter. You know, you play, you, you play, you put a guy with the, the crappiest team possible and he can't develop. Yeah. It's not going to work out. But if you have a good core around him and you can put a young guy out there, you can help grow him into the player at a fat fashion. You can at other guys. I feel like now some talent exceeds that at all times. You know, if you're a fantastic player, your talent exceeds that. But for guys who are in the Aaron holiday level, being out there playing with, good NBA players is key to their development. And the more time they get that, the quicker they are to getting the level you want them to be at, to be a rotation player. Uh, to me, the biggest jump always is like year one to two, because they have, you know, a full summer of knowing where they're going to be and their teammates are all there. And there's a gym to lift weights and work out. And, you know, that kind of stuff I think is so crucial for development to me. Like that's like, even for leaf, he went from horrible to bad. From that alone, like all George did the same things with the summers here. I mean, his role obviously changed year to year. Like all that stuff matters a ton to me. I, but I, I agree with you on that hundred percent. I think they're all parts of the puzzle, and that they it, are, it, they it's are. finding the right combination. They, and they develop players so well that it's hard for me to be like, this is wrong or right. No, but, and if you look at the past, a lot of the players they developed too have played a lot their rookie year. I mean, not a ton, I would say, but they've they've gotten minutes. I mean, Turner and George. George has played not played. Bad. 30 40 of real minute games worth. Um, I thought he was only like 15 minutes a game his rookie year. Didn't he? But I thought the end of his rookie year they started playing maybe, a lot maybe. more because they fired O'Brien, and that was the big deal when they fired O'Brien. They wanted George LeBird wanted George to play more, and O'Brien didn't want to play George. That was the and that, well, okay, you know what helped PG too is he grew after. Oh, 100. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's tons of factors that help this guy. I mean, yes, he's not a good comparison here. <laughs> no, and neither is just to say PG's not a good comparison. Turner's not a good because Turner yeah. came in the league really ready because <laughs> because of his height and his. Athletic, I don't know. I mean, he was just ready to play in the NBA right away. It was it was crazy that he oh, fell eleven in uh, hindsight. The to step on my own toes. The biggest reason I think the to rush it, if you are if you want to rush it with Holiday, is that he's already almost twenty three. Like his young days are almost over because he went four years in college. So in that way, you had to go faster. Wait, I thought he was only. How he's old, man. Oh yeah, he turned twenty two, and so he turned twenty three in September. Yeah, so he's an old guy, <laughs> old rookie. Yeah, but that's why I think you rush it because, like, he's 25 in two years. Well, I also think he, like he's prime, able yeah. to skip some of the steps of needing to develop the the weight. Like, he does his body type. is He's big I enough to play out. in the league right now. <laughs> this like summer. Leaf, well, but Leaf wasn't, like, like 
strong enough to play in the league last year. He just wasn't. No, no, he was Holiday is strong enough to play in the NBA. I mean, he's got he's fully he? pretty much developed in terms of like his weight and size. I don't know. They can always make it better. Yeah, I mean, he's 6'1, 185. What do you think Darren Collison weighs? 200? I have no idea. I mean, that's what I mean. He's probably at his full full body capacity. Yeah, get, get DC's body on. Oh, man. DC's 175, according to B-Ball Ref. Let's go. Man, these guys are my height and 20, 30 pounds younger. <laughs> well, I mean, because yeah. I've seen your arms and I've seen their arms, and that's where the difference is, Tony. <laughs> when I flex, it goes down. It flabs. <laughs> no, it's not that you're, like, not strong. It's just that these guys are, like, toned. Oh, my God, <laughs> they're cut. Yeah. I mean, they spent – I mean, just think about it. Their entire, their entire job is to work out, essentially. That's what their jobs are. So, of course, they're the way they are. Your job is not to work out. You've got to go to a 9 to 5. Every second of every episode. <laughs> but you but you got to go to a nine to five and sit at the desk and they don't do that they do a lot of walking i do push steps. up at my computer <laughs> i don't believe you for one I'm second from marvel <laughs> um so i i think the other thing to talk about and you wanted to hit this is that you feel take like break. wesley matthews is sort of like take a break i want to take a break for talking about wesley matthews yes we should all right let's take a break all right welcome back into locked on pacers podcast so before we hit our break <laughs> I teased it too early. Apparently, I didn't really take a break. Um, we needed one. No, we definitely needed one. You hit that one right. Is you said it, and I started to agree with you that you feel like Wesley Matthews is um, what's the right word? Not you don't feel like he's on the court, correct? He yeah. So he's good. He clearly fits in. I love that this dude just chucks away from deep. He gives them this extra dimension in the post with a guard, which they did not at all go to with TJ McConnell guarding him a few times today, which I was not happy about. And he's a good wing defender. These are all good things. But there are a lot of times when he's in the game where I just, like, forget. I just – I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize Wesley Matthews was in the game. Yeah, to me, he feels like he's the best guy they could get for that spot at the time considering the injury without having to dip into their bench. That was his role. Yep. And it's fine. He fits it. He's in there. He's not. He keeps rotation the same. He is more competent than any guy on their bench that could put in that spot, really, except for maybe Kojo, but not script the bench. And so it's fine. But yeah, he definitely doesn't really. I mean, I don't think he doesn't fit, but he's just kind of out there. So, no, but he's sort of. He's not the same level of fit that a Vic could. And that's that's not nice. To, that's not <laughs> nice to him because Vic is one of the best players in the league. But in terms of just like you can tell, he doesn't have the years of chemistry that that the other guys had before he came in and that it, you, you can kind of well, feel that they, they throw him the ball and then his move is okay i'm kind of open i'm gonna fake and take one dribble to my right and then jump behind the line and if it's there i'm gonna rip it and if not i'm gonna throw it away and now everybody knows it because he's a whatever year vet and like obviously it works because he's still in the league but it's just like when it's not there like in this philly game it's just him it's basically just him taking five seconds to catch dribble jump back and pass it and basically add nothing and it's just like he's just there well uh, and, and to me it's sort of can it like i when my, when, when he was in portland i was like oh i knew his name i like knew i like him. is different too though yeah no at, but like he was like i mean when he got that going into that offseason it was like he was one of the marquee free agents that year yeah. remember right like he was like a marquee guy like the portland wanted to bring him back but maybe couldn't afford it or whatever that whatever's going on there and like then with the Dallas, and I feel like I just kind of like he got lost. Like I didn't like same happened to Harrison Barnes to that because he played for the Warriors and then he played for a crappy Dallas team. And so you and I can kind of tell why now because he just he's not the same player he was when he was at that peak. He's older too. That's also part of it. And so he's just he's a good NBA player and it's fine what he's you know. But I'm not sure he's really even a starter at this point in the league. I think he's your your sixth man off the bench sometimes and kind of a 
I mean, I want to say Jamal Crawford type role in a sense, where it's just like a scorer, he brings some energy to your bench. He's much but, better at D. Like he's that's why I think he's an NBA a good NBA player because he can guard guys pretty well. Yeah, but I mean, he's probably not a starter on a playoff team most of the time. No, probably not. He's probably the sixth man on a playoff team, which is fine. That's a role that guys need that you need to have on a team to win a championship or make a deep play, playoff run. But you could just watching him for the what has been eleven games now. I can just kind of tell why he was sort of like lost in NBA oblivion in the past three or four years. Yeah, he yeah. He's like me I mean it's not I don't know. I'm like I'm not trying to say we overhyped this guy because what he adds no one else on the team can do, right? They're very important. It's just that when another team has a guy who can easily shut it down, then he's just like nothing. He's just there. We're like obviously we just poked at Tyreek for forever, but like when you can break down a D off the dribble, even if it's not super effective, like stuff happens around you that changes everything. Whereas when you can only take, like when you cannot break the defense down off the dribble, you can just so easily be shot of a game. And for a guy who has the ball a fair amount, like what Matthews does that, that just like, it's weird. Well, and it's why you're seeing Bojan try to become that player this past. Yes. yes. What is it? How many games are we talking now since Vic 15? Oh man. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Right. So, I mean, yeah. you, you can see it when Bojan gets the ball, he is trying to make plays with it, putting it on the, the floor and, and make plays. I mean, he's, a lot is he's not he Bojan used to have the West Matthews role where he was kind of just keep cutting, yeah. running, running, cut, cut, get open threes, shoot. Now his his role Bojan is really switched, and that might be an added benefit to this whole thing. Where in the future Bojan might become more of that player now that he sees that he can do it. Because I don't think yeah. he's ever been in a position where he's been told you have the ball in your hands, make a play. I mean, except maybe in Europe, but in the NBA, I mean, <laughs> ever I'm sure in Europe he's told it because he's probably one of the best players when he plays any Eastern Europe game, any game in Eastern Europe in the league. I'm sure he's one of the best players out there, but in terms of in the NBA, he's probably never played that role. So it's interesting to see. And so that could be the benefit of this, but yeah, with Wes Matthews, it's he's, he's basically actually probably a worse three point shooting version of what Bojan was. I mean, you think yeah, I agree with that. Well, like, and with Bojan now too, like now that he's developed this, you know, we, we spent all summer being like, okay, Tyreek's here to be the guy that when the double team comes, Vic can bail him out and throw it to him and he can score off the dribble. Well, now we have that guy. <laughs> so Tyreek is superfluous in that way. So Matthews just doesn't have the dribble game to break anybody down. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And then it, do, it doesn't help, especially in this game too. And like whoever was on him did a fantastic job of making him uncomfortable. It's just, there's just nothing there. And his defense was fine, but it's not a good matchup for him on the Sixers because Redick is JJ Redick and they're going to make you run around a bunch anyway. And no one else makes a lot of sense to put him on. So it was, it was tough. And this game and the, and the Bucks game too, was similar. And that's just like, Oh yeah, Wes Matthews is in the game. Like that happens multiple times, and that shouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I think the way you have to look at this team now going forward is is are the players, and I think it's something with Tyree we talked about last segment is that are the are players developing that are going to be part of this team next season in a way that will be beneficial when Vic returns. I mean, that's the best I don't, way to look. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to look at it that way. You don't want to look at it, but that's the best. I mean, I don't think it's the best way. What is the best way to look at it then? They like they have to try to win. They just have to. They can't not. No, but you're not like not trying to win in that way. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. You're just there. You you can do both, but I'm saying you have to look at value winning over the development though, because you're no, so. No, I think I think injury. I think you got to disagree on that, but you got to think long term. I mean, I mean that's the only way in the NBA. Are you always are thinking long term. Yeah, but you got to. But now you have the ability to like really think long term instead of like having to compete with the idea of like. Okay, we want to win now. I want to get the second round of the playoffs. This that like you know you aren't getting the second round of the playoffs right now. You know you aren't. I mean, unless you were the three seed, you weren't getting there. Now at this point, they're not going to be the three seed. So it's it's that that kind of dream is over. You're going to beat the Celtics in in three games. <laughs> what do you mean? 
I'm kidding. I mean, they they could beat the Celtics, but, but that's anything that is a – like if they beat the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs, because you're not going to say in that game, in that series, like, oh, we're going to play Holiday 30 minutes to get developed. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to play the best protection you can to win those games. Then you win that game, it's like this huge, uplifting, momentous moment, essentially. Because yeah. right? like the scrappy team of nine guys nobody wanted, you know, beat the, the mighty Celtics who've got, you know – three former all NBA players, essentially, or I don't know. I don't think Harry was all NBA, but three players who were all in the all-star game at one point. So I, I just think you have to be looking at it like, Oh, but I developed this. That'll be nice for next year. Or, you know, that has got, had this really nice run. He'll, if he comes back, he'll be, that'd be a nice piece or, you know, Turner's doing, not playing great. So I don't really know what, what I can say positive about him right now, but things like that are <laughs> nobody's getting long-term hurt. You know, Simone's in like tearing his ACL or something like that. You know, his ankle is not a big deal kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's I got. That's just that's skill development. Yeah, that's fine. I don't want to just be like, all right, Edmund Sumner. No, and, there. <laughs> no, you have to find the balance of it. But like, you're you're okay with letting Bojan kind of um, struggle. Well, struggle and just sort of be like this player that you weren't sure he could be, but you didn't weren't able ever to see it. So like, you probably impressed had seen Bojan put the ball on the floor and really make plays, but you didn't really trust him in that game. And kind of the same right. with Turner, like you didn't trust him taking what did he take eleven threes against yeah. the, the Bucks, Like, you didn't trust the 11 threes before, but now it's like, if he takes 11 threes and he goes great. four for 11, great. He developed in a three-point shot. He's seeing where he can shoot, you know, where a spot the court is doing he wants to be and stuff like that. Right. I agree with that stuff. So, with you got that. anything else on, on Wes Matthews, or should we take a break and talk uh, about this game? No. No, I think he's fitting in fine, which is good. It's just there's times where I'm like, man, I wish there, I, I wish there was more I could have from you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I think we wish he was Vic. Is the problem, right? <laughs> no, not even that. It's just, it's, I don't have an. I didn't have an expectation for him. It's just like it's weird. I don't have. I there's very few play like, and sometimes not noticing a player is like fine. You know, that means they're like doing their subtle job, like Corey Joseph for that. But like, this is different with Wes. I don't know why. Well, it's because we're used to that player literally being the most impact <laughs> that position, the most impactful position on this team. I mean, it's Maybe just. It is. I mean, you you watch it, you're like, oh, that guy should be the guy that can like go to the rim and score on anybody and can hit these weird pull up jumpers and take the the screen and go and play awesome defense and all and all that stuff. Yeah. But you know, it's Wes Matthews who is a player that can really do like what one of those he can pull up a nice three point shot he wants to, essentially. Quality role player. Yeah, he's and he's he's a quality role player, but he's nobody that is moving the needle on a team that is not close to winning the conference. <sighs> yeah. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll re- preview this week's games. All right, welcome back into the Locked on Pacers podcast. Um, Tony, you want to just, like, burn through the Knicks in about <laughs> two to three this minutes? This game is so important, though. They need to win. They oh, do. they need to win, but, they like, need to win so do bad. we really want to talk about the 13-53 and 53 Knicks who are the, are yeah. they the worst team in the league right now? Do they have a worse record than anybody else? Uh, I don't know. I don't follow the bottom standings that well. I don't care. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I mean, the um, Suns think so i know uh, i don't know i'm sure a lot of you use basketball reference for stuff but they do like they have your the team schedule like listed in bars where like a big green bar (laughs) and a big red bar is a big loss and there's like varying levels and the Knicks schedule just like red (laughs) giant red bars everywhere so they they have a half game lead on the uh no, sorry, they they have a well, no, because they're tied. So, they just lost today, right? So they're thirteen Nobody and fifty three, and the Suns are fifteen and fifty two. So they have a lead in the in the loss column, and the Suns they, they win. play at eight. If they lose their game at eight, they're tied for last. Well, yeah, but they're behind them in wins, which is kind of the key oh, to the whole uh, thing, right? Yeah, like if they lost tanking. out, they would have a better, worse record if they lost. They're out. tanking spectacularly. 
They are 0-5 since the All-Star break, uh, which is important. I can't wait for the new lottery odds to just screw them and get them, like, the, the fourth pick. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be weird. I don't know. We all, right? The, every listener of the show needs to root for number one pick to go west, so Zion only plays the Pacers twice a year. Who um, are the worst teams? I mean, you don't. Cleveland and Chicago are bad because it's very bad division. Yeah, go 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 to the Grizzlies. That would be like the best. <laughs> I would love that. That's yeah, like just yeah. They'll definitely trade Conley too. Grizzlies are the perfect. Well, team. no, and it's far enough west where it's not in our conference, but in the same almost same kind of time zone as the East Conference, you can watch him still. That's He's true. not playing like at ten yeah. o'clock. He'll be five feet from you. Well, yeah, and well, I, I mean that he won't be playing at like ten thirty every yeah, night when you want to watch him. You know, <laughs> if he's playing at eight thirty, oh, you could turn it on at the end of the Pacer game. Perfect, this is perfect. Grizzlies, go Grizz. Oh, Grizz. Plus the Grizzlies. Plus they they really deserve him. Let's be honest. Like if anybody They've been trying for so many years, them or the Hawks are the ones who deserve it. I love it if he went to the Hawks. Yeah, as much um, as the Hawks would just kill the Pacers for like a half decade, it would be awesome. And I think um, this conversation yeah. is an indication of how much we care about the Knicks. <laughs> the who Knicks are talking about something else? Yeah, DeAndre Jordan's their best player, and DeAndre Jordan isn't good anymore. Yeah, so, so the Knicks are twenty-eight in offensive rating and twenty-six in defensive rating. Um, oh yeah, wait, the, and. The, they're one of their other good players, Noel Vonley, is hurt, and Mario Hazoni is hurt, and Frank Nelikina is hurt. They're playing a bunch of bad players. Yeah. If the Pacers don't win this game, I would say all hope is should be lost in the Pacers. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, this this should not be a loss for the Pacers. I know they played the Bulls kind of close, but the Bulls always play them tough, I feel like, because of the division opponent. The Knicks, they should just kick The Bulls have a winning record over the last 10 games. They're playing good right now. Well, they no, and the, the pictures too. They're, they're the, playing good right the now. The Bulls are well. First, they have Otto Porter Jr. Shocker! They have a good NBA player all of a sudden. Yeah, um, They're good. No, now. but they always get. They're, they're always they're always frisky. They're division opponent. They always play the Pacers tough. I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun to call bad teams pesky. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that that that's like your favorite thing now. I love it. I the Knicks coming in. <laughs> the Knicks are not pesky. So. No, all right, so let me pull up their starting lineup because I'm I'm honestly <laughs> trying to look at their B-motive page and it's they trade away half these guys. So let's they go to played the they played the Kings the other night and they started uh oh crap they started uh Dennis Smith, Damian Dodson, Kevin Knox, Lance Thomas, and DeAndre Jordan. So they started Dennis Smith, three wings, and a center. And they played Damian Dodson 33, 33 minutes. 33 minutes. They need him to play 33. Minutes. So is the best chance for a butcher Dennis Smith just because he's going to take 20 shots and going to uh, go maybe 12 20. <laughs> No, the best chance of a butcher is Mitchell Robinson because he's good. He's their best player. Is okay. That's fair. I, I just think I saw I saw a nickname for him. It was the Block Ness Monster. I loved it. You know what the best part about playing the Knicks now though is they avoid uh, Enos Canner. Yeah, they do. Canner does kill the Pacers. And Jordan can't, can't get off the ground. Well, they so they play Canner next Monday in Portland, so I don't know if they're avoiding him. Does he even play minutes in Portland? Yeah, he does. He's a backup center. Okay, I don't know if he played minutes or not. He's uh right behind Nurk. Nurky poo. Yeah, they, right. they're just bad. They just they don't have good players. They, their coach is fine, but they, they can't execute anything because they have crabby players. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh this X, the Pacers X factor is Sabonis having just a solid game because he always does against them. I just like for me with Sabonis, the X factor is like get a rhythm, and he always does against the Knicks. So get that rhythm back. But Tony, did you know for the low price of six dollars, you can go to this game? <laughs> Sheesh. That is That's terrible. Besides the two Detroit games, that is by far their it's lowest. It's a Tuesday number. game. That makes sense to me. There'll be like a thousand random people there in a Carmelo Anthony Knicks jerseys. It's the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Ugh, Knicks. All right. Every Knicks game is hilarious to me. It's like, who, who are these people coming out of the woodwork with these jerseys? Man? I don't know, man. Um. All right. So the Pacers should beat the Knicks, right? 
You agree? Yeah. Uh, X Factor Sabonis for me and you. Butcher, who cares? They suck. Let's talk about the important game. All right. So the next game they play is against the what is Oklahoma City? The, the Thunder. Versus, what are they? What is their standings? Let me look it up real the fast. Thunder. Are, I got it. Uh, Forty and twenty-six. Fifth in defense. Fifteenth in offense. Oof. The Thunder. Adam on a back-to-back in this game. Oh, that could be a huge traveling pause. from OKC to Indy. So that is big for the Pacers. Well, also, I wonder if PG is going to play back-to-backs with that shoulder injury. That is true. Uh, uh, Adam, I would be hard-pressed to believe that Paul George does not play against the Pacers. Oh, I actually would bet money he doesn't to avoid the crowd. Oh, no way he's not going to play. Oh, you want to bet he avoids that crowd? Oh, I guarantee he doesn't avoid the crowd. He doesn't care. I think he does. I think everybody everybody thinks he's like the most fragile guy. Not that fragile, but I think if he has a – reasonable excuse oh i hurt my shoulder i need to play only i can't my best to keep it rested more people are gonna agree with you which is fine but just uh, that means i should be closer to being ranked my son <laughs> my my son paul <laughs> okay calm down tony my mvp candidate son who i yeah the problem is he there. he probably felt the be candidate once he didn't play for four or five games not his fault yeah, they, he, they well, just, no, and there's no case you can make for him you can't also make for Giannis. Giannis should get up anyway uh, yeah, they thunder are good because Paul George has been an MVP candidate while Russ is still like great and puts a Zach low calls a pressure on the D. Uh, he's been worse, but they're still a very good team. They added Schroeder, so their bench is good. Steven Adams is like one of the most underrated players in the NBA. They just have a lot of good guys. Well, and so with George, I don't know when he hurt his shoulder. I know with the game he missed, but like for the last five games, he's been worse. a lot worse than he was the previous 61 games he played. Um, so looking at like 28.4 points with that defense is just insane season. Yeah. But so, so the last five games, he's shooting six of 21. Wow. Yeah. So I, I don't Harry know. Kevin's numbers. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, he has 22 points. So he's getting a line a ton. It looks like he still has like yeah. nine rebounds a game or some shit like that. But um, I do wonder if that shoulder is re- how bad it is. Yeah, like, it's gotta, it can't be great. I'm, yeah, maybe they won't play on a back to back then. Load management. That's he the took twenty NBA. free throws against the, the uh, new the new the NBA player. buzzword. Load management. Well, no, I do wonder that shoulder is really bad. Of course, he has, he has played thirty eight and forty three minutes twice since he returned. So I don't know how much. It depends on what he plays against Brooklyn, right? I, I, if it's a close game, he might end up playing forty something minutes, and then he might not. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's Russ, who is averaging a triple double and has ruined averaging a triple double forever. <laughs> yeah, so who who guards Russ? I mean, it's gonna have to be probably Wes, right? West, put Boyan yeah. on George or yeah, Fat I mean, on George. You put Fat on George. The seal guard Terrence Ferguson, who somehow starts for a very good playoff team. <laughs> do, do you put Fat on George then? No, that'll oh maybe Boyan right. and Jeremy Grant. I could live with that. Yeah, I feel like that's probably the move. I can live with that. Yeah. I, I guess I get that. that. for them is interesting because they have now added Marquise Morris. Uh, so they actually have a pretty solid bench. Between between Felton, Schroeder, Morris, uh, Pat Pat, Ronald Zawal's having a good year. They have a pretty good bench. Yeah. I, I mean, so the Patriots last game against the Sixers, that's kind of where they had got the advantage was their bench had played pretty well. Yeah. I wonder if that will be another bench for the Pacers. The Pacers are deep. I mean, they've got just yeah. – a couple of good players at the bench. I mean, I don't know. How how good do you think Schroeder really is? I mean. I don't think Schroeder's good at all. Right? He's having kind of one of those years where it's high volume, lots of numbers, but not like great percentage. 40% from the field. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but like he fits a role. Like he's the kind of guy you want off he's the bench. He's good off the bench. He's not a good starter like he was in Atlanta. 
Yeah. So, was he ever a good starter in Atlanta? No. They thought he was better than Teague, and they were wrong. Yeah. He just he sort of flamed out, I feel like. He did. He totally did. He, he got, traded, he got traded as a tax dump for Melo, basically. He is the same height as Aaron Holiday, and he is 13 pounds smaller. So, Holiday is definitely bigger than the play. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Then it's Schroeder, Aaron Holiday's peak, question mark. Well, that, so, the question is, could that be the matchup off the bench if – I guess Tyreek is not going to be sick again, right? What is, what is sick with this time? Do you remember? Uh, no. He, well, yes. Given the way this Pacer season's got, he definitely just ate some shrimp. But not <laughs> Did he was he sick before from shrimp? I'm trying to remember. So how yeah, many? Yeah, he had fish tacos in Dallas. And that's what it was. Yeah, that's, it's so funny how many games have been missed by Pacers. Maybe he just has a weak stomach. He does. His diet's terrible. Yeah. On Instagram, he posts the food he eats sometimes. It's like, man. Well, that's why he never became the great player we th- he thought he could become. Rookie of the year. <laughs> not not amount too much. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh yeah, so we we have highlighted that this game is all about the starters because the Thunder have a fantastic starting five, both in talent and in fit, uh, which allows them to be really good. All right, create crazy stat, but the Thunder. Okay. I'm looking at the last box score against the, the Clippers. Crazy they took yeah. 102 shots in the game. Wow. OT yeah. or no OT? Uh, I don't believe it went to overtime. Like, uh, they had like what, like two turnovers or something? Oh, uh, so they had, I think they had. You could have like 70 offensive rebounds. They had 14 offensive rebounds. Yep, that's a lot. 52 right. total versus the Sixers who had. Wow. Well, they had 10. The, Sixers Sixers the, Clippers. Had, the Clippers, sorry. The Clippers had 10 offensive rebounds as well. Wow. Well, that's a crazy game. Yeah. Yeah, it's, right. like, it's like you're not going to. It's hard to like completely limit Russ or PG. Uh, you do the best you can and just hope the other guys don't kill you because no one else can shoot in their starting five at all. Uh, Jeremy Grant's made himself okay, but I don't. I'm not like afraid of Jeremy Grant's three. So no, and I think that is why you put Fat on George. Yeah, I, can, I actually agree with you there. Yeah, I said so, I actually like that. Like you always say stupid things, but I agree with you there. <laughs> I think we agree most of the time, to be honest. We, <laughs> we disagree like on three things. We just we do we, we just highlight those three things every week. Um, but yeah, so. For the Pacers, I guess, I feel like you're going to need a big game. So, Jordan's going to guard Bowen if I had to guess because that's yeah offensive player. Is this really the game where you need like, Turner just to be – You need to dominate the positions that aren't being guarded by Paul George. Well, anyway, and you need Turner to dominate Russ at the rim essentially. So, then, and then you need, on the other end, Turner to just make so Adams even also if you, even if Even if Adams is getting a board, stick your button to him and make him work. That's all I want. Yeah, I do wonder if you go to Sabonis at some point, but I'm not. I'm not sure anybody can guard Adams. Just, Adams is very good. He's just at, a huge at, dude. At the sport, he is a huge dude. Seven feet, two sixty-five. I think Turner is probably six eleven, two forty. If I had to guess, that's crazy. All right, what is my? I mean, and I used to think Patrick Patterson was going to be good. I feel ashamed. <laughs> he is not a good player. I thought I remember most from their game last year at home. Um, was Adams just felt like he was just so much bigger than everybody else on yeah, the court? Yeah, he was great. Well, and like, and like. Burlesque rim running rebounding centers just kill Miles Turner and that is Steven Adams. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean Drummond Adams and Bead types. Maybe they can get Adams to get in a foul trouble by going at him a little bit or yeah, you gotta try something. Yeah. I mean you gotta you even you, you can get Adams off the court for like some minutes. You can probably try to stop us the rim enough times to make a difference and then Damn. Literally, he is three hundred he has three hundred and six offensive rebounds this season. That's wow. insane. That's insanity. Well, I mean, how many shots per game are they ta- are they taking? I mean, they've got to be. 
So, my fitness speeder just broke. <laughs> they're second in field goal at right. game. And they're first off in the rebounds, obviously. Yeah, that's correct. Is he first in the league? He's got to be. He's got to be. I mean, the team yeah. is. I don't know what he is. I'm going to look up total offensive rebounds while you say something else. They're also <laughs> they're also top in, in forcing turnovers. Oh, he's not first. He's not. He's second. Who's first? Drummond. <laughs> oh, duh. Um, I mean, By so four, the, though, it's very the other factor is can th- will Thad be able to get tip-ins over Adams? Probably not, uh, right? No, not as much. I mean, that's been an underrated big part of the Pacers kind of game is Thad just kind of lurking around and timing things right and tipping shots in a few times a game. Yeah, he's great around that basket and like the dunker roll or like the surprise rebound roll. He's a low key, pretty good rebounder for his height. Oh yeah, I mean we don't I, ever talk about that, but he's a good rebounder. He's got he's really he's really lengthy. I mean, I'm sure his yeah. wingspan is probably like seven of a seven footer at least. I mean, he just got long arms. Thaddeus Young leads the Pacers in offensive rebounds. Yeah, that I think I do. Do you get offensive rebound? You tip in a shot? Is that kind of rebound? And then I believe it does. Okay. I don't know though. I don't want to say for sure. Yeah, well, just just guess. It's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the bonus has less than half of the offensive rebounds that Stephen Adams does this year. There's your perspective on how many offensive rebounds Stephen Adams. Does. So, do you think the bonus could ever get to where Adams is? is he? Does he? Yeah, have- oh yeah, I think he could. He's better like, on offense like now. The, my question is, can anybody ever get to the size Adams? I mean, Adams is just no. freaking huge, and I don't know Adams when he got Steven Adams. Like, how is this dude my age? He's like, 25, this, yeah. This dude is like 16 months older than me. He looks like, like a seven-year-old caveman. Well, he was born. Where was he? He's from New Zealand. He was born on some random island where like everybody's genetically modified, I assume. <laughs> I assumed. <laughs> where did he go to school? In college. Uh, he didn't go to college. I assume he just got Dang, to then he went to Pitt. I figured out. Really? I, I assume he just got – he was fifth in his recruiting class. Well. <laughs> I mean, he was just. I'm surprised. I have I guess, a lot of questions about his upbringing. Now. I'm, I'm assuming he had like his dad was a rugby player or something like that, like just that kind of body. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I Man, think have, I'm gonna Google Stephen Adams. Uh, I think I don't think the Pacers win this game because there's a lot of emotion behind it and the Thunder are better. Yeah, I think if George doesn't play, they have actually have a shot. I'm really glad we haven't made this a Paul George returns game. It's just like it's not. You know, it's just boring. No, it, yeah, it's not. Last year it mattered. This year it doesn't. Yeah, all, everybody's moved on. Blah blah blah. I don't. I mean, honestly, like, if in three years PG wanted to come back, would you be mad? I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not. If he wanted to come back, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, but like, you think fans would welcome him back in three years? Uh, I would. I don't think fans would. I don't know. I'm kind of. I think if he was still really so, three years he'll be 31. I don't know. I think they might actually. My thing that bothers me most about him is that I don't think he understood and that he literally could have been the greatest pacer of all time. I mean, that was just, that's an easy man. Like old, he was an ability. If you continue on the path he had last year for six or seven more great I don't years, think I'll ever catch Reggie. Well, if Vic won a title and get to an MVP, that would probably do it. He can't, but if, yeah, you don't think Vic can get to that. I don't know. I don't think no, like, not the MVP level. Yeah. That's probably the problem. But, but like Reggie's like, you look at Reggie, like it's not like Reggie's a great player, but it's not like his stats were like, otherworldly like he was just on really good teams he was the really good leader of a lot of really good and pacer teams but it wasn't like he was putting up 30 points a game at one point or some crazy thing like that yeah i mean like the way pg has played like if pg had played had taken this where he has now with the pacers for the next five years or whatever he'd probably be the best pacer of all time yeah if he yeah if he was this good that's true I guess not even this good. I'm not to say that just because he was never like this level. But not even this good if he was at the level he was at when he left i mean i that's think he true. still would have i mean i'm Reggie's stats, I don't think Reggie ever averaged more than 20 points a game. Like I think yeah. he I think he was highest as 18 something. I remember it. So no, Reggie got to like 21 a couple seasons, but that was it. Huh. 
Okay, he got he had 24 his third year, but then it was 22, 20, 21, and 21 a couple of times. I mean, it was just not he was just not like you think right? he was like a 25 point game guy, but he never was up there really. Yeah. They just feel like it because they were like a slow paced team and he scored most of their points. Well, and he was also on a lot of good teams. I mean, he was the best yeah. player on a lot of I mean, they were just throughout the 90s, they were consistently in the semis in the East Finals every year, and they were just competing every year for maybe not a championship, but for the next tier kind of team. And so right. no, no, they haven't had a pitch team that consistent since then mm. because he was the guy. Right. So. You are correct. I've enjoyed this uh this rehashing of a Pacers history from you. Well, I, I read about Steven Adams. <laughs> um <laughs> You want to see Adams, or can we move on? No, to the I, next game? Yeah, nah, it's not that exciting. His dad was in uh, the British Navy, and he got stationed in New Zealand. Okay, fantastic. L- less fun, but his dad was super tall. That's why he's so big. Okay, fantastic. Um, I think we, we both think they're going to lose this game, but if I say I if PG doesn't play, they could probably it's probably more. They definitely can win if PG doesn't play. <laughs> it's forty sixty if PG forty they win sixty. They I think lose. it's like close to the, to to forty sixty if he does play. I just would lean this. The, oh really? I think it's thirty. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, there's like it's like a passion game, you know. They'll be in it. Yeah, I guess they'll be in it. I believe. All right, you 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 believe, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> you know um, what? Okay, we're about to talk about the Nuggets, right? Yes. So, all season long, it's like all I hear is like, you know, the Pages have the fifth best record, and the, and the, and the Nuggets have the second best record, blah blah blah, or whatever. They're like a half game ahead of the Pacers. They're forty three and twenty two. It's like. Not like so much better. I thought I thought their record was better than it was. The Nuggets, well, it was. They've have they've been on a little bit of a tailspin, right? Three and one since the All Star or one and three. Was, I'm sorry, I got that backwards. Yeah, so that would be good. Four and four since the All Star game. Excuse me. One and three in March. There it is. Yeah, there. I mean, I mean, the Pacers are literally what? But they've been really banged up, the, like all year. The Pacers are four games behind the Warriors. I mean, that's yeah, that's weird. They just won a lot of games this year. I mean, if they didn't lose the game the rest of the year, they'd finish. Like every good team besides the Bucks is like kind of like, all right, we'll just stop trying until the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, really trying until the playoffs. I mean, Denver's been beat up, but that doesn't really mean anything because they're just super deep. deep. They're so deep. They have ten like good players. I mean, are they deeper than the the Raptors? You think? Yeah, probably the deepest team. I think. Okay. Like like Gary Harris has played the ninth most minutes for them this year. And he's probably their like third or fourth best player. Third or fourth, yeah. They've gotten like good contributions from like Tory Craig and Monte. Well, Monte Morris, I liked at Iowa State, but Monte Morris has been really good. He's been uh, good though. He's not just like some. No, he's been very good. He's gonna be a future rotation guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's very. good. If not more. And like a lot of it is like these guys can be good because Jokic is so awesome, but like they've been good, be good basketball team. Yeah, it's weird to me that like Jokic. I get is he probably the fourth MVP candidate right now? He's top him. five. Crazy. Is it him? Is it him or like Steph or KD? Right, at the fourth. Steph, yeah, or four or five. Yeah, he's just this Denver team is. They've. I'm trying. I mean, I'm, their offense is just so good. Well, I just mean I'm trying to figure out how they accumulate all, these, all these good players. I mean, like they haven't picked. They haven't Drag. been. Like, no, but right there, they're like a. They drafted Murray. They drafted Harris. They drafted Jokic. But they've hit they on draft, so many they, picks in the they, team. I guess they signed Morris. They drafted Trey Lyles, who was good for them last year. Um, so they the only guys they signed are Will Barton. Uh, they drafted Beasley. They drafted Wancho. They got Torrey Craig. The only guys they didn't draft that are in their top 11 or 12 are Will Barton, Mason Plumley, and IT. 
And they okay, so I'm looking at their so we take out this year's draft with Michael Porter Jr. Don't counting it yet. Yeah, my, they, God, they're good at drafting, man. Yeah, I mean they've probably hit them. So they 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 traded Mitchell away, but who did they get in that draft? They got Monte Morris. No, they that draft sucked for them. They ended up picking uh Tyler Lydon. But but they got I know great Syracuse guy, but they got Monte <laughs> Morris in that draft. So they they hit on a draft pick in 2017. Malik Beasley hit on one in 16. And Wancho, right? And, yeah, that's – and Murray. So they hit, they hit on three guys oh, in one yeah. draft. So that's wow. that's how you do it, basically. They're, yeah, they they kill it with it. And like Millsap, they signed too, but they're able to sign Millsap because they draft well and look like they have a bright future. And so now good players are like, oh. Cool. But, like, what's also crazy, there's a scenario where their team is – they drafted Rudy Gobert, Jokic, McDermott. <laughs> um, no, the McDermott, they did not draft. They traded him that night, remember? Okay. But like, well, didn't they trade Gobert that night too then? They, they traded that pick. They traded. Uh, they traded. They got Gary Harris and Nurkic for uh, McDermott okay. that night, <laughs> and then uh, I don't remember who they traded Gobert for. I don't remember either. I mean, that's why looking at their draft history is really annoying because I wish they had their actual picks they took. Um, yeah. they, they've hit on like drafts like five of the last seven years. Oh, they kill it. They're so good. I mean, that that's incredible. I mean, that's, that's just they're so and, deep. And talking about a team that's not picking like they're not picking top five any of those years. Their highest pick was seven for Murray and seven for Moutier. I mean, you're talking about yep. ten through fifteen essentially. Almost and Moutier turned out to nothing. Yeah, I mean, what did they trade for Malton? What did they get a pick out of it or no, nothing? Devin no. Harris last year. Okay, I don't know if they got something out of it. That they end up using yeah. like, like did their second round pick for Monty Morris come from that? And that's why I was trying to. Figure Man, out. Monty Morris is like I know it's so weird. It's like who's about this guy? But like he's been really good. Like ESPN did the twenty five under twenty five, and they had Monte Morris in over. So Kevin Pell had Monte Morris in and didn't have Turner on his list. Like people love Monte Morris. Yeah. Oh. I yeah. obviously think he's better than Turner, but he's been very good. Why do you think people are sleeping on Turner so much? Uh, I don't know. Do you think it's the idea that they thought he was going to be like? I think the yeah, he just hasn't grown like everybody thought. But he's like twenty two, right? He, I know. Twenty three. You're, pre- week, you're preaching to the you're preaching to the choir, man. Wait, he turns like twenty three this month. I know that. Oh no. <laughs> oh, but Does I mean, like, like a holiday, or it's like he's like a month older, right? That's what it is. So Turner's birthday is two weeks from today. It's Sunday. Okay. Okay. So bonuses is this month as well. Ooh, bad month for uh, Pacer Center. Their values go down. Oh, I'm sorry. It's bonuses in May. Sorry, but it is May third. Uh, learn to read. <laughs> I, I did. I just. I just did off the top of my Stop head. It, nerd. <laughs> learn to read off the top of my head. Basically, <laughs> I was just. I'm trying to. Cause I knew they were really close in age. And yeah. oh, Aaron, Aaron Holiday is September. So Aaron Holiday, Sabonis, and Turner are all like the same. Yep. That shows you the value of coming out of school early, folks. I mean, kind of. I did how to get more money because he was in a later draft. Not then, but no. like. Oh, no. Next year he would have, right? When they, they yes. reached, next year he would have. That's where he met thing. Should have stayed, stayed one more year, honestly. <laughs> could he have? Grad assistant? Yeah. Wasn't he only a junior? He could have stayed one more year. Oh, uh, yeah. He got a He could have stayed an extra year if he wanted to. You're right. You're right. But. It's yeah, fun. the Nuggets are just anyway. <laughs> as we drift away, the Nuggets are just so good because of Jokic. Like he is a fringe MVP candidate right behind PG because like he killed the Pacers last year. That gave that old depot at forty seven because he can do everything. He can rebound. He can pass. He can shoot. He like op- Like we always talk about, and Caitlin is is really on the forefront of this. Like how Sabonis is so good at passing because he throws guys open. It's like Jokic is even like a step farther than that. We're like. They won't even get open from a good pass, and then he'll throw it like somewhere so unique and precise that somehow they get, it's like insane what he can do. I mean, Jokic is what um, Sabonis' father. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. what uh, 
not what Bill Simmons says on his podcast, but I think like when they never they never saw Smonis' father in the NBA until he was in his late thirties, but that's what he was out out in Europe. Was just yeah. like this awesome. And Smonis has a little bit of that, but he just so too turnover prone. Yeah, Jokic. Oh man, Jokic is awesome. I know I'm like being a loser, but I just love watching Jokic play. No, so the question is: Is could Sabonis become a Jokic light? Yeah, that's a hopefully that's a great ceiling for him, right? I mean, because Sabonis is a pretty efficient player down in the post where he could still shoot like Jokic shooting fifty percent from the field, which is really great. Yeah. Um, he's he's probably never going to be like a, which which is a thirty three percent shooter from three. That's probably what Sabonis could peak up peak at. Yep. Theoretically, I mean, if he took two oh, or three. Volume is the thing there. Like, what's Sabonis saying? Like twenty? Jokic is at two hundred. Yeah, I know that's the problem. But like, if you start, you want Sabonis to take that many threes? Could he do? Would he be that kind of volume? Yeah, would he I be in know. the thirties? I mean, thirties is most what you that's think of. Fine. He's not a bad. Like, it's not like he has a bad stroke, and he's not a terrible. You know what I mean? He's got all these things. The answer that, like, is fine. Okay. Go yeah, ahead. and then rebounding is that's could he be up there too? I worry. I don't think he get that high of assists. That's my thought. No Just, chance. He just makes too many. as good of a passer as Jokic is like once in a generation. Yeah. No, and it helps who he plays with, too. He plays with a lot of good players yeah, good that cutters. help. Yeah. yeah. So maybe if you put Sabonis in the starting lineup for a full year, you'd see that. But then you had other problems because can he – yeah. Can you play Sabonis at the four? And that's a whole – I don't know. Yeah. Yep. But you know uh, what? If you're trying to trade Sabonis, that's what you sell him onto a team. He's your future Jokic. He's your next Jokic. Turner's having his hands full. On the flip side, though, Jokic is the – he's better this year than last year, but that's not saying like a whole ton. No. Um, he's f- bad mostly <laughs> on D, to be to be fair. Um, I don't think he like sucks, but he's bad. So if Turner can stretch him out. That could be helpful. Uh, Millsap's their best defender. Thad's going to have to find a way to be creative there. But, uh, yeah, that, that's where you – like you can score decently on the Nuggets. Yes, you can. They're uh, – what's their – I think defensively. 15th, I thought I just right. read that. I, yeah. 11th. 11th. So quick, quick lesson for the listeners on uh, offensive and defensive rating. If you have a really good offense, like, and make a lot of shots, you're going to be playing five on five defense more like default. You're going to have a better defensive rating than like the Suns who just miss and then are playing transition D all the time. Like there is a small amount of correlation there. I do feel like too, when the Nuggets play close games, they're always in the, in the one in the one tens. Yeah. Take. I mean, yeah. like when they played, so let's see previous games. I mean, they played a close game against Dallas was one on the one tens for the nuggets. Like they're slow. They're 24th in pace. Like that means they did not have a good defensive game. Yeah, that's fair. I just yeah. feel like I feel like I watched them play Philly before the all-star break. Was that when they played them? And they was, a, uh, it was yeah, yeah. They yeah. lost like one seventy one ten. It felt like they were I mean, at that point. So, uh, and Bede was just kind of like taking advantage of Jokic down the post constantly. Yep. And that's happened to the Patriots tonight, so I don't really know what – that's why Embiid's really good. But, I mean, I think for the Pacers to win this game, they're going to have to – I mean, they're going to have to probably have Boyan have some kind of like 30-point game, right? He's their best chance to get points up because they have – their wing defense is like Gary Harrison and like everyone's okay, but no one's good. I guess – I'm trying to think, I guess, could Thad have a theoretically like – like you're not going to put Thad on Jokic, right? You're going to find the play him. No, I think the, the points come from the bench in this game. But they, I mean, they're just as good, just good. Like the moment, right? Like their 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 guards are not great defenders. Yeah, but who's going to be your great guard scorer? <laughs> I don't know. Right? I mean, we're looking at Corey Joseph. He's going to maybe Aaron Holiday. No, he'll go off for twelve. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this could be an Aaron Holiday game. I guess if he plays, I don't know if he's going to play. If he plays, yeah. Tyreek's still sick. Yeah. 
or if Tyreek they just, or if they just decide not to play Tyreek. I mean, I, that could happen. Yeah, that's true. I feel like they're going that way a little bit. Maybe they'll get there. I don't know. Um, you think they win or lose this game? This one's going to be close. If it was in Indy, I think they'll win, but it's in Denver, so I'll take the Nuggets. I think they lose, too. I don't think it's that close, to be honest. Denver's All right, we're going to really go predict the record for the week. I think we both go one and two. Yeah. Yep. So at that point, they will probably be, unfortunately, the five seed. I don't know what Boston's schedule looks like. Let's pull right. it up. I'm oh, yeah, it up. I was literally on my computer. I'm, I've got it up right now. All right, let's go. Oh, so, no, I hit I hit the wrong button. ESPN. Oh, Adam, they got a huge break in their week at Clippers Monday, and then home Kings, home Hawks. Okay, so, yeah, they're gonna win all those. <laughs> well, they could lose to the Kings. The Kings are good. They they just beat the Kings in Sacramento. I think they're good. <laughs> Why do they play Atlanta at eleven thirty a.m. or a twelve thirty game? What? On that is weird. I just saw that too. A twelve thirty Saturday game. What the hell? Oh. That sucks. Is that a reschedule? Oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. Oh, and it's in Boston, which is, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. That makes sense now. That was yeah, very. I was like, why is there a football time for a basketball game? <laughs> uh, should we close with this, Adam? How are you feeling about uh, Antonio Brown on the Raiders? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care either. All right, never mind. How, how, about, how about we close on this? Um. Oh. Okay, I was going to have a big moment, but now I forgot what I was going to say. We have the new podcast announcements. Lockdown Colts exists. Oh, it does? Who's doing it? Starts next week, Evan Sidder. He actually does Lockdown Suns, so he's got the uh, he's a good podcast guy already. And he's from Indy. Uh, yeah, it's, he, t- he told me it starts up next week. Get ready for that. All and right. I lied. He had Colts Podcast as his Twitter handle, but then they got the Lockdown Colts handle back. So now it's at Lockdown Colts. Okay. Get ready for that. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah it's exciting. Um, our push too is the the Alexa stuff, right? Tell your smart devices to listen to Lockdown Pacers, and they can take you right to us. Oh yeah, awesome! Pretty pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool if you don't if you own one of those those devices. Yeah, I got one for Christmas. And it's pretty pretty sweet. Do you think they're listening to you at all times? All the time, yeah. probably. But yeah. I don't care. I don't do anything illegal. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> it's like here's another thing too. People complain about like. This is a stupid rave. Like people complain about the listing stuff. It's like I want targeted ads. I want ads that are like you might want this. It's like yeah, I do. That's great. This is awesome. I, I think I think you want them to an extent. Yeah, if it's too creepy. Well, I just mean in <laughs> general. Based, uh, I'd be like, what? Uh, I will say. I would say in general, we are um, over advertised online in general. We are. We totally like, like I wouldn't mind targeted ads if they weren't showing up every where I looked every single time, every single moment. Like if it was like on an occasional YouTube video and a target that was free, but not like every video is targeted to you. texting you things you should buy. I don't mean, I don't even know about that, <laughs> but like, but I mean like, it just, it seems like that, like you're just, and then what happens is you can understand the algorithms. And then you're looking at things that you don't really want that there's added to you that you already looked at. And then it's a whole, yeah. Let's both, let's say, right. Let's talk about like Dove shampoo for the last end of the podcast. So everyone who's listening will have a Dove shampoo ad. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to add Dove Shampoo on our podcast and you click on it. And it Can anyone that. listening, if you get a Dove Shampoo ad this week, let us know. <laughs> oh, great. What do you think the target demographic of the people who listen to Locked On Pacers is? You think it's like the target like, demographic? Like, like, what do you think? Like, if you listen to this podcast, what ads do you get? You think? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think. You so can like, kind of see, but I don't ever check. Well, I'm trying to think. So, like, if you if you let's say you go online and type in "locked on Pacers" on Stitcher or whatever way, you, so on like on your computer through one of the browsers, you probably get like ads for like t- 
tickets a lot, like Peter yeah. tickets a lot, and you'd probably get like jerseys and stuff like that. I feel like shoes, I, maybe. I, yeah, I get all the jersey ads on Facebook that are like Paul George jail jerseys or like Victor Oladipo in the 2012. It's like, what is this? <laughs> I feel like I feel like my most common ad. I don't even know. I have so many ad blockers on at this point. I don't even know. <laughs> I try my best to. Avoid, I mean, I feel like I get a lot of like random video ads on YouTube about like. I feel like the most ads I see is for the Allbird shoes, and because I listen to like so many different podcasts that advertise it. <laughs> Their shoes. All right. All right. This is a great ending. The this great is- ending. Um. Anything Pacers related? You're writing out this week. You Pacers want to talk about? related. Um. I don't know what I'm writing about for the Pacers yet. Fair no. enough. I want to do something cool about how good Boyan's been, so I'll probably do that. You should uh, do is um. You know what? I'll just do a definitive like player and over Terry thing too. Or you could do his uh, off the dribble stats. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one actually. Because he has been, I think he's been. I don't know, he's been incredible off the dribble. But he's been really good at trying. I would look at his past stats and current stats and see what it, they look like. I'll break I'm, out the old synergy UCLA. Dinner. I'm I'm assuming if you take like like volume by percentage, it's super high, much higher than it was before. We'll figure it out. If yeah. only I could look it up, but wait, I can. What are you doing this week? I don't know. Reporting the figured. news, the news live from Jackson. Yeah, that's my job now. Unfortunately, not unfortunately. I I actually really enjoy it. So, unfortunately, I almost said unfortunately just because that's like I'm I'm, a, I'm just a very down person a lot. I'm just kind of like a unbelievable. I'm a pessimist in the in the life. So like, I was like, but like I I, I like my job currently, so I'm good. Glass half f- empty. Both Glass three quarters empty <laughs> on running on low energy kind of thing. All right. Always. There we go. Um, as always, you can follow our podcast on Twitter at Locked on Pacers. If you want from great innings like this, tweet at us all the time. Uh, you can tweet at Tone at Teast NBA for Tony's Twitter and my Twitter is Friedman Adam five. Feel free to send us tweets, comments, whatever you want. We'll probably respond. If we don't like the way it, it, I will probably try to ignore it. And Tony might respond some kind of uh, apology, but whatever you want. Um, That's it for his Locked On Pacers podcast. As always, have a great rest of your day.